Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, May 7th. U.S. equity futures are trading up small, so the Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ are all up about 10 basis points. That works out to about 35 Dow points, 5 S&P points, and 19 NASDAQ points. So mild rally in U.S. equity futures. The major European indices are trading up about 40 to 45 basis points. You have outperformance in cyclical groups, um, industrials, basic resources, and energy in particular. Nothing, uh, No major subgroup is really getting hit hard in Europe. Um, you know, Underperformance in Europe today is pretty much just flat. The DAX is up a percent, outperforming the rest of Europe. Asia was mixed. You had weakness in Hong Kong and China um, and outperformance in some of the other markets. So just kind of running down through all the major news items this morning, going from macro to micro, um, you know, I would say that in aggregate earnings reports out of the US last night and then in Europe this morning were positive. So that stands in contrast somewhat to what you saw Wednesday evening, where you definitely had a handful of negative reports out of the U.S. Um, you know, so just some of the highlights: AIG, Expedia, Microchip, Motorola, uh, Roku, Square, Synaptics, all were positive out of the U.S. last night. I think Peloton was not as bad as feared in terms of the guidance commentary around the recall and the financial implications. Out of Europe this morning, the big upside standouts are Adidas and Siemens. On the eco data front, you had positive numbers out of both China and Germany. So you had trade figures out of China, which were pretty healthy, trade numbers out of Taiwan, which are healthy as well. Um, and then Germany's trade figures were positive too. So the combination of Adidas, Siemens, and the German data, that is prompting the DAX outperformance. So the German DAX is up a percent. Obviously, Adidas and Siemens are both um, you know major German companies. Um, so eco data today and the earnings reports are both relatively positive. The Fed published its semi-annual risk assessment report last night. This is not usually a terribly important document as far as markets are concerned. The language around asset valuations did turn a bit more cautious from their last assessment in November. Um, you know, I don't think that really is going to change anyone's minds about the landscape. But um, you know, the Fed commentary you you are seeing um, you know some some increased concern around what's happening markets seep into some of the Fed rhetoric. So, you know, Powell has 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 talked about this a little bit at, at the margin. Um, and then it obviously was in this report last night. So, you know, if you go back to the 90s with irrational exuberance, that comment was accurate, but it was several years early. So I don't think anyone's going to sell stocks today based on that Fed comment. But that is certainly um, becoming a bigger theme for Fed officials. Um those are all the major uh, news items today. Obviously, the jobs report at 30 today is very much in focus. I sent around a big preview for that yesterday. Um, you know, Essentially, I think anything in the 800,000 to 1.2 million range counts as in line. I think if you get a figure from 1.2 to 1.7, um, you'll probably see selling pressure on the market, but that should be relatively temporary, so you can buy that dip. Above 1.7 is where you're probably in the you know too good... Um, too good is bad type of range where um, you know I think you will see some some anxiety probably a more sustained sell off and then a weaker number so anything kind of 650 or less 
probably will be a relief to tech. Um, as far as the Fed and tapering is concerned, so the Fed is still pretty adamant. You've heard from several officials this week, all of them insisting that they are still not even thinking about thinking about tapering, that there's no need to consider tapering, that we're still a long way from Fed objectives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I think the market right now is penciling in a taper either in November or December. So I think the market, um, you know, I don't think the Fed is giving the market enough credit. And if anything, I think the market would prefer if the Fed were to come out at this point and just simply acknowledge the possibility for a taper in December. Again, no one is calling on the Fed to taper right now. No one is calling on the Fed to cut off asset purchases, and no one is even thinking about a rate hike. All that people want to hear is the Fed to kind of just acknowledge reality, where if you have a million job ads uh, in March, a million job ads in April, and then possibly a million job ads in May, um, at the June 16th meeting, that that would be enough for the Fed to say that we are on track to possibly, um, you know, achieve that quote unquote substantial progress threshold that the Fed has talked about. Um, and so again, I think if the Fed were to come out and and just simply acknowledge that a taper is possible in November, or December, you may see some knee jerk selling. But again, that's largely the market consensus. I think you'd have to have the Fed come out and suggest a taper before November to really disrupt markets right now. Um, and I think that's very, very unlikely that you're going to have the Fed start talking about tapering before November. Um, so those are all my kind of thoughts on the Fed and jobs. Uh, nothing new on Build Back Better. You know, you still are in this kind of bipartisan phase where the White House is talking to a group of um, Senate Republicans. I don't think that will yield a passable bill. So I think you're going to see the Democrats shift back to um, a partisan strategy whereby they will use reconciliation. Um, remember, the Democrats cannot afford to lose essentially anyone in the House. Pelosi has about a two-vote margin of error, um, and Schumer needs 100% participation from all Democrats in the Senate. So the question becomes finding a bill that you can have both Manchin and AOC vote for, and that's going to be very, very difficult at this point in time, especially as the ongoing recovery in the economy um, is going to make people like Manchin, um, you know, is going to is going to lower the numbers that people like Manchin will support as far as spending and tax hike. So, um, I still think we're in the very early days of Build Back Better. Um, you know, and my my forecast as far as the worst case tax rates um, remain the same. So, twenty five percent on the corporate, and then twenty eight percent on in individual capital gains. You have Biden has already been walking back from his twenty eight percent tax rate. Um, and then yesterday he said that he would accept anything in the 25 to 28% range. Remember, Manchin has said he won't go above 25%. So I don't think you're going to see dramatic tax hikes um, on Build Back Better. COVID is very much the same as before. You know, you, News in the US is getting is still very bullish. It's been very bullish for a while. And if anything, you're seeing a lot of the um, stocks that are most closely associated with reopening. A lot of them are kind of fading good news just because, like I said, I think that's already embedded in the consensus right now that the U.S. is conquering COVID. It will be conquered in a matter of weeks or months. Um, and and I think the market's already looking at kind of the post-pandemic world. Um, you know, Europe's a little bit different where they're now just hitting the inflection point on vaccinations that the U.S. hit several weeks ago. So the news flood of Europe is going to get increasingly bullish um, whereas in the U.S. we're kind of plateauing, and if anything, um, you know, I think it's it's maybe at the margin slightly a little bit more negative in that the pace of vaccinations is starting to um, trail off from where it had been. Um, so those are all the major themes and trends um, on all the macro and micro fronts. Like I said, jobs at eight thirty very much um, the key highlight. You do have a couple of earnings today. 
Um, nothing terribly important other than perhaps Cigna is, is the biggest one. Um, I will not be publishing anything after the jobs report. So eight that the jobs, my jobs thoughts, which will probably be at around 840 AM will be the last piece I will be publishing today. Um, the normal publishing schedule will continue um, starting this weekend and then into next week. I've already published the vital talking points summary of this week, and then I've already published the vital catalyst watch look at all of the major events for next week. So those are up on the website. I have links to them in the piece. I also have the link to my full jobs preview in the piece and on the website as well. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.